podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello and welcome to the five-year plan pod extra uh, summer transfer window preseason Patrick Vieira special. Um, one of the many that we're doing uh, before the start of the season. I'm here with Adam Sells. How are you doing, Adam? I'm very well, thank you, Robert. Very good. I'm also here with Dominic Fifield of The Athletic. How are you doing, Dominic? I'm fine, thank you, Robert. How are you? Lovely. I'm well, thank you. And I'm also here with JD. How are you doing, JD? Hello, Robert. I'm doing <laughs> very well indeed. I thought we you know were what? Gonna, that was supposed to be I, posh. It came out a bit sexy. It, Sorry, I apologise. Uh, uh, creepy, really. Kind of, kind of. I creepy. was trying to channel you. I ended up channeling Alan Smith a little bit. Brilliant. So, there is overlap. Mm, I think, so. so yeah, it was it was a poor effort, but Sorry. it wasn't really Alan Smith, was it? That would you do have to have gone a bit more. Hello, my son. How are you? You know, one of those really yeah. a bit more extravagant. To be fair, a bit more flamboyant. Yeah. I'm at the cricket at the Oval. That's how he goes. <laughs> Um, so anyway, <laughs> um, JD, you've got something to promote, haven't you? Um, I'm doing a solo stand-up show on Thursday, the 5th of August at the Hen and Chicken Theatre in Islington, uh, in North London. Um, it's the third time. It's my first ever solo show, uh, although I've done it twice before at Brighton Fringe a couple of weeks ago, and it went really well. Had some lovely crowds down there, although <laughs> weirdly did it, performed it in the pub that's run by Brett Mendoza, who's the Brighton fan from Renf, and it's like the Brighton pub, it's like a giant mural of um, Bruno on the wall, so uh, <laughs> very much not the ideal pub for a Palace fan to perform in, but uh, it did go, it, it went all right in the end. Um, so yeah, if anyone fancies coming to watch some comedy, Thursday the 5th of August at 9pm uh, at the Hen and Chickens, uh, tickets for a tenner. And uh, come and see me do my solo show. And it's work in progress at the moment, so I'm open to suggestions, um, you know, serious ones, um, about how to make it better. And then hopefully take it to Edinburgh Fringe next year. That's my plan. Uh, but, yeah, so if you fancy coming along, tickets are available at jimdailycomedy.com forward slash gigs. And there's quite a few still available. Uh, so if you fancy it, then get a ticket now. And uh, good to see you there. We thought we'd take this opportunity to just talk through uh, the progression that Crystal Palace have made in the transfer market, what we've seen with uh, the, the way that Palace have played under Patrick Vieira, uh, and just to talk Palace, really. It's quite nice, actually. Um, 
Do you, did you, Adam? You watched the preseason game. What were your thoughts on on that from from what you saw? Yesterday's one we're talking about. Yeah, we? we're talking. Yeah, yeah well, we'll, okay. we'll go through yesterday. The, the Ipswich game. Um, not unlike the Walsall game, to be honest. You know, we we looked decent in possession, carried a threat, but you know, the concern might be that we only managed to against the League Two and League One opposition score once against both um, and we don't you know at the moment we look pretty tidy and it's you know we're playing good football progressive through the pitch it's quite decent to watch I think the fans will enjoy that but obviously we have to consider the level of opposition that we're playing against and you know hope that that um, doesn't you know or or that we are able to translate that sort of level of dominance into Premier League fixtures. But I think that's going to be very, very difficult. So I think what we might see in pre-season against League One, League Two opposition may be very different by the time we hit Stamford Bridge on the 14th of August. But it's quite encouraging. It's good to watch. Um, But we look like we need more goals in the team, in all honesty. We look... uh, I mean, yesterday there was a, a series of reasonable chances that weren't finished. Uh, Mateta looked uh, off the pace a little bit in parts. His touch and decision-making let him down. Um, <coughs> on the plus side, uh, the biggest... Well, Wilfred looks in, in good form and happy. And on the plus side, I would say that... Uh, uh, Jezrak Saki, you know, has impressed and shown a real appetite for work out of possession as well as in it, which you don't always get from young wide forward players. Um, and so I'm wondering if he might be able to push himself to the fringes and come off the bench a few times for us in the in the uh, first half of the season. I know it's very early days, but... Uh, he looks like he's got something. The end product's not quite right and the decision-making isn't always great. But when you're a 17-year-old footballer, I think that's standard practice and he should get better. So um, that's a big plus for me. JD, you can see the foundations of of what Patrick is kind of trying to implement, can't you, from the way that we're playing? Yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> There seems to be a sort of more focus on obviously playing out from the back, which is obviously going to be easier against lower league opposition in pre-season. But the thing I've noticed is that, uh, I thought Schlupp was fantastic against Ipswich and he and MacArthur both seem to be playing about sort of 15 yards higher up the pitch and very much seem to be driving the ball forward. The number of times Schlupp, he got the ball and sort of drove forward with it to the edge of the area and was picking out the forward. I thought he was absolutely, absolutely fantastic um, at Portman Road. So I guess there seems to be a bit more of a focus on uh, moving the ball up the pitch a bit quicker. But obviously, as Selzy says, like it's, it, it, in pre-season, it's, it's difficult to really sort of judge the team because they're playing, obviously, against more inferior opposition. But I, I, I do think Palace looked solid and pretty decent in both performances. Obviously, the goals weren't sort of flying in, but it didn't really look like conceding in either game either. And... You know, it's big turnover in players as well. So big, lots of transfers at halftime and second half. Everything you'd expect to see, at, you know, in a preseason game. So it is difficult to really sort of come away thinking 
oh, we look fantastic. We're going to smash it this season. But on the flip side, I'm not thinking, oh, we look a bit... You know, I, I think back to the Frank de Boer. I was working for Football London during Frank de Boer's pre-season games. And um, I went to the... I said, who was it? Not Dartford. It was made, the Maidstone away one. And uh, Jordan Much scored an absolute belter in that one. But we, we didn't look particularly convincing. And I, I think there was a bit of a vibe of... Um, I don't know. Not quite sure what's happening, but but here you can sort of. I don't know. I feel I feel I feel calm with Patrick Vieira as manager at the moment. So obviously that will change when we lose four one at Chelsea, as we always do on the opening day of the season. But um, I currently feel quite settled actually. And I mean, obviously we'll come on to transfers later, but we're seeing sort of new signings get introduced to the team as well, which is obviously comforting. And as Chelsea said, some of the youngsters. You know, look fantastic. Raksaki looks good, and I like the look of Scott Banks as well when he's come on in the last couple of games. So everything it feels like sort of puzzle pieces slowly sort of being put into the right places as we head up to seeing the full picture that is the first game of the season. Do you like that analogy? That sort of worked, didn't it? Yeah, I think that worked quite nicely. I think um, I think the way that we played it was it is interesting. You do see there's a, it's a definite change from Roy Hodgson's kind of. Um, approach and that that you know the the kind of um, low or deep press kind of has is no longer a thing. It's very much more pressing in midfield and and making kind of the doing the defensive work in slightly higher areas. Um, but it's also just interesting seeing how we're doing the kind of counter attacking approach and and a little bit more. It's it's very it's almost a snappy attempt at basically playing and and you you see our attacking midfielders in, in especially in the case of I think when Schlupp picked up the ball he very often looked to turn and then run with the ball into that midfield area that they've kind of this midfield space that they've created between the defence and the the midfield and then they look to get it wide and you've got you've then got one of the wingers uh, one of the fullbacks bombing on and, and trying to provide a little bit more support. It is just interesting seeing that kind of being implemented. We're, we're seeing the early stages of it. I don't think the players look 100% confident in that at the moment, but that's just the case of them learning their roles and learning their positions. Um, what were your thoughts on... on I'm, I'm not going to ask Dom because I know that Dom didn't watch the well, game. Look, I can comment but... on, on Vieira and, and his impact in terms of the club in, okay. in, in, in the in the way that he's the way that he's approached these. Was it three weeks he's been in charge now? Pretty mm. much, is that right? So, I think there was there's been quite systematic progression over those the course of those two weeks, as you'd expect. But I suspect this was probably lacking somewhat under the De Boer regime. Um, and we, and we, at some point, we're going to have to draw a line under that and forget about it yeah. and forget the comparisons. But but it, it sounds as if... Better check that after the first five games of the well, season. Yeah, yeah. Let's, 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 let's do that four games in. Um, the... He he sort of he he told the the playing squad as as I understand it that that okay we're going four three three this season, um, and sort of let that settle for a while with a, with not much, not much more detail than that, and then the second week which I presume was the week at St George's Park where he's he's obviously in, in a bubble with these players and 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 really just finding out about them properly there. Um, it became clear and he made it clear how they were going to play four three three and and how as as you say um they they push up and actually when they're in possession and attacking it's actually a front five because the two the idea is that both fullbacks join the front three and you have a five across across the top of the pitch now there is an there's a i think there's an acceptance at palace that Joel Ward isn't going to have the same 
energy down the right that that Mitchell will have Tyrek Mitchell will have down the left. Um, so it may be slightly lopsided as an approach for, for a while, but then you know if if Nat Klein eventually signs resigns for the club, then then maybe we will have a more cr- progressive option down the right side as well. Um, it, it involves players tucking in and filling filling in at the back, so the the one fullback that doesn't bomb up might might tuck into centre half. One of the midfielders may drop back. I think it's been Gyro who's been dropping back as a third centre half when we're, you know, in preparation for it to, to face a counter attack. And these are all great it's a, it's a good idea. It's nice progressive football. It's 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 a great approach. Um and at some point I hope that, that, that we can impose that upon Premier League opposition because it, I think the ideas behind it are completely sound. I, I, I really don't think we should be jumping to any type of conclusion at all about the success of this after games against Walsall and Ipswich yeah. in the lower leagues. Um, and, I, and Chelsea away on the opening day is, is going to be a, a proper stern test of of how much all these principles have, have sunk in. And indeed, if Jairo Riedewald is going to be our deep-lying midfielder, does he simply does he have the capabilities to do that because we've said this we've discussed this in the past on this podcast uh, we've wondered whether he has that that intensity and and the the anticipation needed uh, and the aggression and concentration to play as 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 the deep lying midfielder who has got to, to fill in when players bomb forward um and you can see him being overrun on occasion in the past and you know Chelsea will target that as an area in the, with their own three in midfield um, for that opening weekend fixture. So, you know, I, I like all the principles of it all, and it's it's great that we've got something slightly different, and the players seem to be enjoying it, and it's, it's good to see, you know, James MacArthur buzzing again on a football pitch, and and it has been good to see Gyro playing a, a significant part, and, and and all these aspects of it. But we. We just need to to appreciate this isn't going to be the solution overnight. This is going to be something yeah. that is going to have to be allied with a bit of pragmatism when it comes to the, the you know the Premier League season ahead. It is literally just a case of kind of gradually putting the foundations in place to try and build from that, and that is ultimately for for a lot of clubs that is what pre season is all about. You know, I think as well. I don't know. Adam might be able to give a bit of insight into this, but but when you have a manager like Roy Hodgson, who is so kind of um, focused on having the on on the, on his own tactical approach, when you then change from that into something different with a different manager and and his own kind of way of thinking, it's going to take time for that to be adjusted and for players to understand that. Is that is that something that you that you're you've been aware of, Adam? That 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 kind of I know, think. I think sometimes you can over and underestimate that. I think, you know, the, the players to play at Premier League level are generally technically very good and unable to to deal with the ball. And it shouldn't come as something completely foreign to any of them. Some might enjoy playing this way a little bit more. Some may be a little more, a little less comfortable, you know, a little more, sceptical and so on but we're changing that many players within the squad and the group that you know if we have got a much younger age average age if you like then you know the energy and the and the intensity that's required to do this if we're going to do it sort of higher up the pitch in that sense then um you know that's uh, you know that that should 
should help us, you know, with the, with the business that we're doing. But, you know, as Dom said, the test is really once we're up against top-class opposition and, you know, if if we play a nice attacking style of football and get beat 5 or 6 nil, trying to be too gung-ho against uh, better opposition, you know, managers' thought processes and tactics and ideas and the approach... And the approach can change very quickly because, you know, you're whenever you're a football manager, and this never escaped me, is that you're always six games from the sack. Do you know what I mean? No matter where you are, you win the first 10 games, Patrick Vieira, and he's fantastic. And we've got 30 points after 10 games, but we lost the next six. The majority of the fan base will be going, oh, he's lost it. Oh, I think he's all gone away. Oh, we've lost him. You know, and and that's the nature of the business, you know. And you're always in trouble if you if you have very bad runs of form. And, you know, I don't know what this is going to look like. But as we talked last time, I think, you know, I know we'll talk about the transfer window and players and stuff. We need to get on and make sure we've got enough quality, you know, there. You know, you see you see sort of people writing tweets like rate the transfer window and all that sort of stuff. But mine would be five out of ten because we've only got half a squad. <laughs> so it's kind of I think we're still, you know, one centre half, assuming that Klein is re-signing in some way if he's playing these games at the moment, we need one centre half minimum, another left back, another central midfield player, and I think three forward players as well to add to the squad in order to make us competitive and able to to deal with what's going to come our way, you know, over the season. If you look at the if you look at the squad overall, you've got your three goalkeepers. You've got Ferguson, who what's the latest there, Dom, on the on the recovery time? When are we expecting to see him? Well, I, I have done it the latest, but I wouldn't. I'd be surprised if we saw him. <laughs> it's almost too harsh to say, isn't it? But I mean, later in the year would be would be good. November, December time, I imagine, would be right. when you consider. I think it's what six months or so recovery. If you're good, if it's, if you're having a good recovery, and if you're not, it can be longer, much longer than that. It can be up to a year. But it, I think the fact that we've seen footage of both Eze and I think Ferguson walking without casts, which is a good sign. But yeah, it is. Well, I'll, I'll come to the fact that so Ferguson, we don't know. We've got Ward. We must sign Kleine or a another right back. Tompkins, Kelly, yes, uh, but both quite injury prone. Need another central defender. You've got Czech Kiarte and, and Mark Gahi, who you've brought in. Tyrick Mitchell, you need another left back because there's nobody there. And if you're, the problem is if you're thinking of covering that with Jeffrey Schlapp and Jairo Riedervoud and so on, that means you're going to be very limited with your midfield choices if you're having to do that at any time because from what I can see as the sort of sitting midfield player in the three, Luca or Gyro, James MacArthur and AN other midfield player, potentially Connor Gallagher, I guess, on the right side, Eberecci, Jeffrey Schlapp for the left side. Well, Eberecci, he's injured 
until later in the year. And Jeffrey Slup hasn't been averse to a few injuries of, him, of his own. So again, you know, the numbers there may be a little short. And then we've got Elise and IU, Benteki and Mateta, Wilfred and no other wide player. And I think you need eight forward players in that squad because you're going to have three on the pitch, three on the bench and two that are injured or unavailable through suspension or whatever most weeks. So I think you need eight forward players and I think we've got five at the moment. So I'm I'm a little, um, you know, obviously we've got one or two that don't have to be named in the squad because of their age. Um, but I think we need, you know, looking at it, you know, minimum one, two, three, four, five, a minimum of five players, I would say. But ideally, you'd probably like seven, really. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, I think what we've done so far is very good in terms of quality and the right direction in terms of age and the right profile for Crystal Palace, players that are going places and stuff. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just a little concerned that, you know... We're talking, for example, centre-forward. Benteke had his good run, Christian, towards the end of last season and was in great form. Uh, JP Mateta hasn't shown us too much so far to make you think that he's going to convince you as a Premier League striker right now. Um, nothing really outside of Raksaki for coverage, uh, cover for Wilfred should something terrible happen there. And Elise, he was going to be out for a number of weeks. And Jordan, are you on the other side at the moment? So, all left, right, and centre. Um, we need we need an extra body, really. I think. Um, so, I think we've done very well. But the season's now finished two months ago, and we've bought three players in in two months. So. I think given the volume of players that we need to sign and I don't want us to chuck the first three games of the season. How many games, Dom, before the transfer window closes? There are three. I, I 14, don't know 21, 28, is there? Um, you're normally the, the, the font of these kind of... Uh, three in the a, font a, of all noise. Presumably yeah. an inevitable elimination from the League Cup, I, I guess. No, we're probably yeah. going to win that this year, don't we? <laughs> I, I, I know what you're saying, Adam, but I, I, I don't think these deals are easily done. I don't think they're just something... No, of course they're not. Can oh, of course and, not. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll expect... I, I expect the, the centre-half option to arrive this week in Joachim Anderson, um, probably around Wednesday or Thursday. Um, you think that's that close, do you? Yes. And, right, I, and, okay. and beyond that, I, I think Conor Gallagher will ultimately end up choosing us over Leeds United and Newcastle United um, because he's good mates with Mark Gerke and he, he can live in his home in Epsom, close to his family. Not massive upheaval, a year-long loan. I suspect that that one will happen as well. Um, and then it's a case of where you, you target the other additions. Um, and I agree with you. I think we do need a, a wide player and I hope they, they do 
they do manage to, to swing one in, but there's, there's there's no shortage of of names and interests there, and 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 in various candidates, none of whom will be of any great surprise to any of the listeners. Um, and it's just whether they can get those deals over the line in time. And if if we go into those three or f- four games at the start of the season with Rexaki as our wide option, then so be it. He may benefit in the long term from that. Uh, if somebody else comes in closer to deadline, then then fine. I, I just think that everything they every club out there is is looking for value for money and palace are no different palace haven't just magicked all this money from someone it's it's not because they haven't spent it in the last few years they're they're having to be clever with how they're generating these funds they're having to work out when investment will come into this club and how investment comes into this club um and and balance it all this is not magic money tree um territory this this is this is palace having to be shrewd so if they're having to squeeze deals so that they they get them marginally cheaper or they're they're having to squeeze out deals where they get players on slightly cheaper wages than than initially their representatives and the players indeed would want then so be it it takes time it gets done eventually I, I still think it's brilliant that palace are being this active in in the market i know they have to be because they've let a load load go but I don't see this situation in terms of the squad. I don't think it will be ready by the start of the season. It'll, it'll be ready as ready as it can be on September the 1st. And that's what we're going to have to accept. Thanks for listening. The full podcast is available at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.